0: Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh, Deborah said yesterday, don't forget Father's Day. I said, what? Is it Father's Day? I don't know. I've been watching, uh, you know, on television, you always see these Father's Day commercials. And I really haven't seen any of those. It's not like everybody's pushing television so you can watch live sports or anything like that. So it it just wasn't on my radar, but for you that are fathers, so glad that you're here. And uh, we appreciate what you do as leaders of your home. So thank you very, very much. We're in a series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Upside Down Living. And last week, we kind of talked about the kingdom of heaven, and how the kingdom of heaven rules our lives, and that it is His rule and not our rule. And that it's very hard for us to be kingdom people in many ways, because we like our own little kingdoms. We like to be in our own little kingdoms and do our own little things. And God says, no, I need you to be in my kingdom and listen to my rule, And we also discussed a little bit about how the kingdom of heaven is here on this earth and that it has come down. And so kingdom language is very important in talking about kingdom and how we're supposed to be a part of the kingdom. And we talked about how the Sermon on the Mount is kingdom language. In other words, this is how we're supposed to be in God's kingdom. This morning, we get started with the Sermon on the Mount in verse 3 with this scripture which says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Before we get into our lesson today, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Lord, as we come into your presence this morning, we are people who are poor in spirit as well. There are hurts. There are things going on in all of our lives. And as as I've said before, we're all broken, just in different places. And Lord, as we come to you, This morning, on our knees, bowing before you, we humbly ask that you be with us. There are times when it is our deep calls to deep. We do need you. We need you every hour and every day. Be with us, Lord, as we study today. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right, so one of the things that I like to do is go look at uh, different translations uh, for exactly what a Scripture might say from other perspectives. So I'm going to give you a couple of those this morning, just give you a little different ideas of what other people put in Scripture and says this is what this is. Now, this one's from the message, and it says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Let me read that again. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Here's one from the New Century version. It says this. They're blessed who realize their spiritual poverty for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And this is from the New International Reader's Version. Blessed are those who are spiritually needy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, I want you to think of the Sermon on the Mount. Just just put yourself, go try to put yourself in that place on a mountainside with the throngs of people. Okay, because it's interesting that Jesus said seeing the crowds, he knew there were crowds. What does Jesus do? He actually goes up on the mountainside and he sits down. We know that Jesus could have a crowd. I mean, a lot of people followed him all from all over the place, and we know that he fed five thousand and that was just the men, and 4,000 on one occasion, and that was just some men. And so we know that on these occasions of 5,000 the, 5, the 4,000, there was more than that there. So who knows, who knows the sea of humanity that was there on that day when Jesus went on the mountainside and sat down and began to teach his disciples. Have any of you ever been... And I know we probably you, you have, whether you've gone to Walt Disney, or whether you've gone to a Thunder basketball game, or whether you've gone to a Dallas Cowboy football game, or wherever. And you find yourself in the midst of a sea of humanity. And you look around, and you're just a little uncomfortable because you look around, and not everybody looks like you. And not everybody's acting like you. And so you look it's it's kind of disheartening in many ways when you think that. Now now put yourself, put yourself on the mountainside with all of the people. Who do you think were there? Who do you think were there? Were there people who were afflicted by disease? Who were there? Many of the people that we would look at and say, there's the spiritual zeros. Somebody would say, well, there's the losers, the abandoned, the insignificant, those at the end of the rope, the needy, the poor, the morally depraved. Who was there on that mountain side? And put put yourself there in the presence of Jesus as He has been before, like we talked about last week, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, one of the things we want to do when we look at blessed are those, or go back to that, that, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. When we look at that passage of Scripture, when we see that passage of Scripture, we think, we think that these are about conduct and these are about character. In other words, when we look at these things, many of ourselves, we say, okay, my conduct has to be poor in spirit if I want to have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. My character has to change in order to have this characteristic of being poor in spirit so that I can get into the kingdom of heaven. But what if? What if this was not a pronouncement? Listen, listen, this is so important for us to get, the, get this as we move into the Sermon of the Mount. What if this was not a pronouncement of the characteristics and conduct that each and of us need to have in order for entrance into the kingdom of heaven? But what if, what if this was an invitation what if this was an invitation to those who were poor in spirit, that theirs is the kingdom of heaven? What if this was an invitation to those who were mourning on that hillside because of some loss in their life? What if, what if this was an invitation to the meek, Those that everybody stepped on, those that everybody pushed around, those that everybody, you understand that this was an invitation that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's why after this sermon, what does Jesus do? What did the people do? Oh, we've never heard anything like this. He speaks as one who has authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. What if we see this as an invitation, an invitation for the kingdom of God to come from heaven and to come to earth and to be a place that says, I'm for you. One of the the Greek terms for the word blessed, which is happy, which is happy, I'm happier of those, that word blessed, that happy is another Greek said, it's kind of like saying God is on your side. What if after Jesus gets through with saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven because God is on your side? I don't know about you, but this pandemic, this COVID-19, just the whole since March, the first, March, April, May, now we're into June, almost four months. And I can guarantee you, for a lot of people, for a lot of individuals, this has been tough. It has not been easy. It's hard. And mothers are struggling and to, you know, with their kids all day, and where they're usually at school, and, and just families are struggling. People are hurting. Why? Because it's it's hard. It's hard. But Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. God is on your side. God is with you during all of this. God is on your side. So what do you do with this? You're there in the middle of this sea of humanity. You're sitting there with Jesus and listening to the words as he teaches his disciples, and yet he's teaching the, the mountainside and the countryside there with all the throngs of people that were there. All the people that needed a king, that needed Jesus. So let me ask you a question. How do you respond? How do you respond when you have those times in your life where you go, I'm at the end of my rope, I'm just barely hanging on. How do you respond during those times? How does one even worship during those times? That song that we sang, Deep Calls to Deep, is in a minor key. I don't know if you even care about that. But for some of us who are musical, it's an interesting dynamic. Most every song in our songbook does not have that minor key to it. That minor key is, in, is very important because it, it's distressing in some ways. It's not the usual happy songs that we sing. It comes at it from a different angle. It comes at it from a different point of view, and it makes you think about what the words. And most all the songs that are, that are in, most all the songs that are in a minor key are songs of lament. Songs of lament within our songbooks. Why? Because the, the nature of the tune is there to kind of pull us off and say, oh, that hurts. And I think about people who, in the Bible, had this poverty of spirit in their heart. Do You think about Hannah, when she worshiped. She went to the temple to worship with her husband Elkna, and the reason she starts praying And Eli's over there watching this lady and thinking that she is what? Drunk. Thinking she is drunk. And her sorrow, because she's barren, the sorrow in her heart is so heavy on her heart that she can't even express it with words. And all she can do is just mouth it out. That is poverty of spirit. When Nathan goes to, Saul, to David and looks at David and tells him the story about the, the sheep. You know, there was a man who had many sheep and then took one from a guy that only had one. It was kind of his pet. And used that as his sacrifice. And David gets enraged and said, I want that man dead. And, he goes, and Nathan looks at him and says, that's you. You're the man. Let me read what Jason Lowry read before. These are the words of the poverty of spirit. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment." Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and incended. My mother can see me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. How many times have we come before God in worship? and felt this pain in our heart and felt this poverty of spirit. And God looks at each of us, whatever condition we're in, wherever we are in that place, and he says, I am on your side. Some of us carry burdens that we are not willing to let go of because we can't. The hurt was too hard. The hurt was too bad. Whether it was an abortion, whether it was a sexual problem that happened in your life. And God looks at you and says, God is on your side. That's kingdom. And that's something to be joyful about, isn't it? To be joyful about the kingdom of God coming to this place here and now and being a part of us in our lives, that's kingdom language. It's interesting to me that in the scriptures there is a posture, a posture that people have when they come before God. We're not good with posture. We're just not. There's usually a lot of posture in Scripture. And in fact, posture in Scripture is a form of worship expressed in one's physical position. You see that over and over and over in Scripture, where one's posture means something to God. We very rarely express ourselves that way. So on Sunday mornings, in many ways, it's kind of hard for me to worship with you because if something goes wrong, I'm a perfectionist, I just can't. It's all got to go just exactly right, okay? So it's hard for me to do that. So before worship, as as I get into my office, there's many times that I worship in my office. I spend time in there worshiping God. And since no one's there, I'll just let you in on some things. And since no one's there, I turn the music up. And I have a stand-up desk, so I'm standing up anyway. I turn the music up loud, loud. And I am praising God And then there are some times when I need to get on my knees and pray. Posture. It's an interesting thing. So what I want to do is give you some posture to help you for those who are poor in spirit. So, if you were writing these down, which no one is, since no one has the paper or anything in front of them, ah, someone actually brought one with them. Good job. So, here we go. Letter A. Talking about discovering the right posture. Poverty of Spirit is a sense of powerlessness, okay? It's a sense of powerlessness. I can't do this without my God. And that's why the Sea of Humanity were so interested in Jesus. Why? Because a lot of them felt powerless in their condition and where they were in their society as a people. The Romans were over them. They had control over everything. They felt powerless. The taxation was so bad, they felt powerless, And you may feel powerless as well many times. Jeremiah 18, verse 6 says this O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done? declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. God says, I am here for you, I am on your side. I'm here to mold you. And to shape you. And I think many times that contrition in our hearts, that sin in our hearts, that whatever's that powerlessness in our heart. Sometimes we just need to sit with hands open and just worship God. God, do with me as you wish. Take this shape of me and mold it into the person you want me to be. Because, God, I know that you are on my side. Here's B. Spiritual poverty is also the sense of spiritual bankruptcy. Spiritual bankruptcy. How many people on that hillside actually felt like, oh, My, I have no relationship with God at all. I go through the motions because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to come and sacrifice. I'm supposed to come and put my money in the plate. I'm supposed to do all of those things. But I am spiritually bankrupt. In Psalms it says this, The voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am help. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks that expression of lifting up my hands when I feel like there's nothing. God, I need you. I need you because I am spiritually bankrupt. God is on your side. Here's C. Spiritual, being spiritually poor, poor of spirit is a sense of personal unworthiness. Personal unworthiness. I'm a zero. I'm nothing. I have no meaning in this life. And how many people on that hillside, how many people in our lives do you know who feel that they are personally worthless. In Exodus 34, 6-8, I love this passage of Scripture because I love that God says, this is who I am and I am on your side. It says this, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious Slow to anger. And here's what we think. A God of revenge and hateful and quick to temper. No, 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 That's not what God says. God says, I'm a God who is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is on your side. Keeping steadfast love for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions of sin for you that are on that mountain today, for you that feel like I need these words more than anything else, I need these words of Jesus forgiving iniquity and transgressions of sin, but He will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses, in the midst of God, in the midst of him, what does Moses do? He can do nothing but bow to the ground and put his head. Because he goes, I am so, so. It's not about me. It's about you. God. The good news for people who are poor in spirit, the good news for those individuals is what? God is on my side. God is on your side. The poverty of spirit is also a sense of moral uncleanliness. How many people on that mountainside felt morally unclean, morally unclean in their lives, Things that they had done, things that they had said, things that they had done to other people, morally unclean. Morally unclean. And I think about washing and just that washing your hands and many times just saying, God, please, as I wash my hands today, wash all the sin away from me. Take it away from me. James 4, 8-10 says this, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. I thought about having Joe just today as I was continuing my study, There's that just as I am, I come broken. I come broken. What a great song. Just as I am, Lord, I come to you. Wash me. Cleanse me with the cleansing blood of your Son, Jesus Christ and then last it's a sense that there is to be if there it's a sense that if there is to be any life joy or usefulness it will have to be all of god and all of his grace it's all of god and all of his grace i can't do this on my own and that is spiritual poverty I can't do this on my own. I must rely on Him. I must rely on God. I must rely on who He is and His grace because there is nothing else that's going to save me. What's going to save me is is God's grace. Through the power of Christ and His blood, through the washing and renewal of my life, I come broken and I come before you, God, as a sinner one who has been saved, knowing that I need your grace. Now, the reason I use that God is on your side is because in Psalm 118, these words are used. Listen to them. Out of my distress, I called to the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is not a pronouncement. The Beatitudes are not a pronouncement of what we're supposed to do in order to make sure that we make it into the kingdom of heaven. This is an announcement to those, an announcement to all those who are poor in spirit that I am on your side and that yours still, you may not think it, you may not believe it, but I am on your side to tell you that in me, in me, the kingdom of heaven is yours as well. You can put on your mask. I pray that we will continue to be people of posture, people of posture, people who will lift up our eyes to our King and call on Him day and night. Let's stand and sing.